It's alleged that I went from security vans into importation of drugs European-wide. And then before that, it was armed robberies of the security trucks, possession of machine guns, stabbings, shootings, a couple of conspiracy to shoot and conspiracy to murders. Welcome to the Fallen State. I am Destiny Peterson. Don't forget the Fallen State is on Patreon. So click the Patreon link in the description to support our work. Thank you. We're in the radio studio today because we're talking with a guest way over in London. Back by popular demand, Marvin Herbert. And Marvin is an ex-London gangster turned motivational speaker. I have Marvin on my radio show, the JustinLeePeterson.com show. And the demand for me to have him on this show was overwhelming on the Father's Day. So Marvin, again, thank you so much for coming on. I do appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Jess. It's about changing the narrative globally, you know, it's yeah. not just in New England. You know? so nice. And so have you been very busy since you become a motivational speaker? Yeah. I've, I've been constantly busy since I turned my life around, you know, and it's just non-stop and it's more mentoring than public speaking at the moment. Yeah. But I speak all the time. It's, it's that nice. my routine, you know. It's that I, I turn up and I talk to people and then we engage and then we do bits and pieces, you know, so. Yes. It's all um, work. Everything I do all day, every week is work. Nice. And for those who don't know, when you say you turn your life around, tell the people what your life was like before now. What was it like and what happened? From the beginning, not the whole beginning, but a lot of the stuff that you have gone through and how you were able to turn it around. It's actually, when they say <clears throat> you only learn from experience, right? Yeah. So I actually got brought up in a world and a life, an existence, so to speak, that I wouldn't wish on anybody. Yeah. I think every action, every obstacle, every challenge was just another way for me to learn to become the man I am today. It's kind of crazy when I look back from being a kid, a child, and growing up. Like, as ironic as it sounds, I don't feel like I ever done anything wrong. Yeah, I totally you know, understand that. It's, although I've gone through a life of crime and I've done things that are unspeakable and I've been involved with some bad people, my principle for being involved was always for the right reasons, if that makes sense. It's kind of crazy, but I was always involved to help people. Yeah. That, and I wasn't talking about helping them make money because I always got involved with criminality more through protecting people, not p people paying me, because no one could pay me. I was a weird character growing up as a kid. I had a, had a mindset that I couldn't be bought and I couldn't be owned and I had to be self-made 
and no one could put me where I need to be. So I have to get it. So no one could give me anything. I've done what I've done for people because of the love that I felt would have been reciprocated. Right. You know? But going back from... It's... How how old were you when you became a gang member? You you became a, what they call a gangster. How old were when you were you when that happened? Well, it depends what you want to define as a gangster. If a gangster robs, steals, shoots, and does anything to get by every day, carrying firearms, then that started from about the age of seventeen. At seventeen, but crime in itself was in my life from, I'd say, eight years of age. So from the age of 10, 11 years of age, I was self-reliant on feeding myself, clothing myself, and living myself. Really? Contributing to my mum's household. And and why, why so early? Why did you have to do that for yourself at eight years old? Well, my mum... My mum was a hard-working, working-class woman, but she fell victim to drink and drugs, and she had issues growing up with her family, and she wasn't the ideal parent. Like, my mum was my best friend, but in not a very good mother, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, I yeah. love my mum. My mum was there in all my deepest, darkest moments. Uh, I could rely on my mum to do everything. Like my mum even brought me drugs into prison on, on occasion, you know. So there's things that have gone on in my life that my mum's been there, my best friend, but as a criminal best friend, not as a mum, if that makes sense. It's weird. <laughs> so growing up, my mum was always there to support me criminally. Like even drugs, we my mum used to hide and look after drugs and sell drugs. Like it was it was it was just crazy growing up that the normality of my life was just drink, drugs, crime, and violence. And that was normal. Like, from the minute I woke up, my brothers and sisters or my mum and my dad or my mum and her boyfriend would be fighting. There'd be arguments over who ate what, who's drunk what, who's took what. And every day, someone in the house would be getting punched up and hurt. Every day, someone would be getting arrested or everybody would be getting... The police would get called. Like it was just crazy. Like it was, it was just like a free for all existence as a child. You know, a so drug fuel. Did you know that that was wrong? I mean, that's all you knew. Did you know that that was wrong, or you thought that's the way life was? I just thought that's even the environment we lived in. Like I'd say, everybody. I'd say two percent of the people that I grew up around was legitimate. Everybody else was a crook. Every like the shops, <laughs> the, 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 the 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 stall owners, the postman, like we had clues with the postman, the milkman, like it was it was all crooked. Everybody was crooked. It was just the eighties and the nineties. It was just every everybody come on man Jess man, you're not that old. Like in the nineties everybody was at it. Everybody was looking for quick bucks and every like the postman, the police, everybody was just taking money. Many everybody was just trying to make as much money as possible. So the floodgates was open growing up at early doors, coming out of the 70s with the crazy psychedelic years. And then the cannabis, and then the crime. And then I was just brought up in the 80s and the 90s with ecstasy and crack. Do you know what I'm saying, Chuck? And then heroin. So 
That was just like a drug-fueled existence of well, misguided education. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Not be where I am today, like, but it's it's because of all the brick walls that I run into that I can actually sit here and be proud that I made it, Jess. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Seriously, like, it's, it's it, when people say, "How do I do?" It? I say, "Do you know what?" I'm just happy to be here. I'm happy to be alive. I'm happy to not be addicted to hard drugs. I'm happy not to be abused. I'm happy to, to live in a house. I'm happy to be able to make money. I'm happy to be able to help people. I'm happy to be able to survive without getting arrested, going to prison, hurting people, stabbing, shooting and killing. Like, it's a better existence. It's a better life. And I'm glad. Like, in a way, right, it's like growing up, I never actually knew, like, when things happened to me, I'd think, shit, like, why why me? Like, why am I always getting stitched up? Why am I always going to the hospital? Why am I always in prison? Why am I always getting shot? Like, why is it always me? And I'm thinking, why, 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 why? And I could never understand it, never understand it, but every single thing that happened in my life, I was able to overcome, move forward and keep going, right? So then looking back retrospectively, now, I actually do believe that everything I went through was to sort of document my reality so I could actually change the narrative for people like me because I would never, I I never believed I was going to be straight or legitimate 10 years ago, even six years ago, eight years ago, like, I would never have believed it. I would have thought you were going crazy if you said I was going to be legitimate living off making straight money. Like, I would never have believed it. So, Amazing. The mindset that I have now is only because of everything I've gone through and actually got to the sort of parapet of that world and just thought, shit. This is shit. Like, what have I done? Like, I was... Like, what have I done? Like, what, like, my kids, my life, like, the things that you sacrifice and you think it's for the right reasons. Like, my eldest kids, yeah, I haven't got the best relationship in the world with them because they believe that I don't love them. And that hurts. Yeah. But because I didn't want them to go or grow up without food or without the same stuff that everybody else has got, I thought, I'm all right in prison as long as I've got everything. And I always thought they'd understand that. Do you know what I mean? But <laughs> Amazing. How many, children, about life. how many children do you have? Five. Five. So are you married? No, I'm not married. Like, come on, man, I've been crazy. Jess. <laughs> how can I be married? Like, the lot, like, come on, man, it's just, we're, like, people that get married that live my life, like, are deluded. Yeah. Like, you can't... Be, how could you get married when you've got to walk about with a gun every day and you don't know who's going to be booting your front door off? You, oh, you don't know when the police are going to be turning up to take you away forever. What kind of what kind of marriage is that? Yeah. Are yeah I mean, you, so when... Are you, surprised, you, are you surprised you're still alive? Did you think you were making through all that alive? Do you know what? I'm kind of... I always knew I'd get through everything. Like, I've never, I've never, I've never doubted 
getting better. I've never doubted walking. I've never doubted being the man I am. I've never doubted it for a minute. I've just had headache with everything that I've chose to put in front of me. Like, I've just, I've just, everything is sort of what it is because yeah. it's supposed to be that. And these are the only things, like, when I look back, yeah, the only things that would have made me listen and learn is everything and all the consequences I went through. Like, I would never be straight if I never got shot. Like, you're mad. Like, I was, I was in it like you couldn't imagine. Do you know what I'm saying? You're like, and the mad thing about it, yeah, it wasn't until I got shot that I realised there was no love there, Jess. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. no one that I really believed. I thought I'd have an entourage of people at the, ho- at the hospital. Like, the biggest, baddest people that I've ever known turning up at my hospital bed. And when they never come, it broke my heart. And I realised then I just wasted my life for these people to sit on their mythological parapets of success. Do you know what I mean? Amazing. And so I, I know we talked about you being shot on the radio show. Tell you've been tell the folks how many times you've been shot and what parts of your body. Well, in two thousand and eight, I got shot um, five times. So I've been shot once, but five times in total, and I got shot in. Um, my leg, um, my penis, which shot my testicle out, my arm, which went through my hip and out my pelvis, out my spine, um, my forehead here, and then my eye, because I like doing this. That's prosthetic, that. That's amazing. And the one thing about it is, right, although I've only got one eye, uh, even someone said to me, if I could get another ride, would I get it? And I said, you know what? It's not the fact that I need to see out of it. I don't feel like I've got one eye. You know, like, it's... Even my son said to me, after it happened, don't you feel funny with one eye? I said, you know what, son? As mad as this sounds, yeah, I actually see clearer now with one eye. Like, I, I'm happy with my eyes. You know what I'm saying to you? Like, so I don't feel... That- it doesn't feel like you're missing an eye? No. Not at all. Really? I don't even feel like I'm I don't even feel like I'm disabled if I'm being honest, Jess. Like, I still go to the gym. I still train better than most athletes. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, my workout regime is on par, and I'm not exaggerating. My my workout regimes are on par with world champion training, world champion boxing training. Like I, I compete at that same level of training really? and sparring and stuff like that. Do you know what I'm saying? So, how I'm, old are I'm, you? I'm 50 in January. 50. So we're going to be having a 50th celebration in in in, in January. Yeah, January the 9th. That's and amazing. Do you know what? I never believed. If I'm being honest, I never believed I'd ever live over 30. Yeah, it's crazy. Like when I was young, like when I was 18, 19, 20. I think, what do you want to live over 30 for? That's shit, mate. Do, 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 do. Go out in a blaze of glory. Crazy. Uh, it's amazing that you've been shot that many times and in that, those p- parts of your body, it seems like 
if you were shot in those parts of your body, you would have died. Especially being shot in the eye and the, the, the thing, right? The thing that is, I didn't even realize until I'd seen the x rays, yeah. And I must send the x rays over to you so you can show them, right? Okay. The bullet that went through my femur, right? It come out the other side and it's lodged in my femoral artery, right? And that's whole. But the bullet that went into my eye is flat as a pancake and it stopped halfway through my eye. Amazing. And they can't explain they can't explain why that happened. It never ricocheted, never went anywhere, it just flattened, and it's flat like a pancake in the back of my in the halfway through my eye. So after I see that is when I realised something special had happened and that everything I'd gone through is to become the man I'm becoming now, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. And every day I think, wow, look at that. Because there ain't a criminal, yeah, I believe, that could sit in my company and justify their life as being decent and worth it, good, and they've got no options. Do you know what I mean? Because bullshit. So is the bullet still in your in your eye or are, did they take no, out it, all the bullets out of all parts of your body? No, it's still in my leg, in my in my femoral artery, and everywhere else it's gone. Oh nice. And so when they shot your eye out like that, you were unconscious for, uh, you went unconscious, I guess. And when they no. told you at the hospital, you, you didn't go unconscious? No. no. I rung my own ambulance. Oh, you did? I'll send you the paper cuttings. It even says I rung my own ambulance and I was talking to people on the scene. With your eye being shot out? After I got shot, yeah. So... So I, had you... to, I, had to, I had to ring my, my missus, my friends, and tell them what had happened because I thought I was going to die. So I rung three or four people while I was waiting to go into shock. Yeah. Breathing. I made the phone calls, told people what happened. Because I actually think I, I, I see the bullet go into my eye and my face was just numb. So I thought you're going to die in any second. So I just made a couple of phone calls and then I was all right. <laughs> and then police started coming and then the ambulance got called and then they, when they picked me up I, it really hurt yeah. and then when they took me to the operating theatre all I said to the to the surgeon was whatever you do do not amputate my leg make sure I have my legs because it looked mashed up my leg so then when I went in they put a, a plate the size of my femur with 16 pins in it and saved my leg. So, so which would you rather lose, your leg or your eye? If my you eye. had to do it. Your eye? Yeah. <laughs> what the? And so, when you realized that I was gone, did you, did, were you sad or? Did, did yes, you, <laughs> you went sad? I wiggled my toes. As, as long as I could wiggle my toes, <laughs> yes, I was happy, my brother. Right on. That's amazing, man. No, no, this is right. You know, the, the, this is the crazy thing, right? That I don't get with a lot of people. Yeah, right now, I've done some bad things, right? And I've done some wicked things. I've done some horrible things. Yeah, and as far as I'm concerned, this disability, the eye, the shooting, is a small price to pay. 
for me to be able to continue and do what I'm doing today. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, Amazing. Like, if I lost two eyes, I'd be fuming. Like, if, if I couldn't see them, yeah, I'd be upset. But yeah, yeah. I can see in it. Like, I'm not greedy, Jess. I can see. I can do everything. Like, Fair you know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, my eye's not the most important. When you were 21 years old, you had uh, 76 offenses. That's a lot. Yeah, it was nonstop crime. It was all crime from the day I, from, from the minute I woke up to the minute I slept every day. Like that's all it was, and it went from normal street crime into the the, secure, the you know the money trucks what deliver the money. Right. Right. So the armored money trucks is what I ended my career on. Prior to that, I went from so they say it was the legs that I went from security vans into importation of drugs European-wide. And then before that, it was armed robberies of the security trucks, possession of machine guns, um, possession of a shotgun and a handgun, stabbings, shootings, a couple of conspiracy to shoot and conspiracy to murders, and just robberies and thefts. And that was all my life consisted of, like, I was happy getting arrested. I was happy going to prison. I was happy making money. I was that was my world. That was my life. That's what I believed in, and that's what I lived for. How much time did you spend in prison? On a whole, I don't believe I spent that many years in prison. Like out of my whole life, I think I might have done. Well, I've done five and a half year sentence. I've done a five year sentence. I've done a twelve month sentence. I've done a nine month sentence and a ten month sentence. So out of five years, you've done three years and then four years, so seven years, seven years, eight years, maybe nine, ten years I've spent in prison. Amazing. But from a lot of my friends, I've spent a lot more time in prison. Like I've had long periods of time out of prison where I've built other things and been successful. Do you know what I'm saying? In the criminal world, I felt I was successful, but I always felt I was never broke. Even when I was in prison and when I got out of prison, I always had financial support around me, you know, so we was always able to generate money being a criminal. And so you were selling drugs, you were robbing army trucks, you were doing all those things. Um, anything that made money. Like, it's not like... Is there anything like anything that made money yet? Yeah? This is how it went, Jess, just to keep it simple. Anything that made money, but when everything went shit up and you owe this one five grand, 20 grand, 40 grand, 60 grand, you might owe money everywhere. So then you say, fuck it, have a van, let's take a van. <laughs> so then basically the mindset is you either get the money or you go to prison. If you go to prison, no one's getting paid anyway because you're in prison. Yeah. And when you get out, you've got to go back to work anyway. Amazing. And that was just the mindset. And then when you're in prison, you make money whilst you're in prison. Yeah, I was going to ask, you, while in prison, were you like a bad guy making money in prison too? Yeah. Yeah. And how did you and make think, money in prison? Well, how you do make money, not how I made money, but how you do make money <laughs> is, by, is by selling drugs, alcohol, and tobacco. Oh, I see. You know, and doing things for people like 
someone might be getting beaten up or someone might be getting terrorised or someone might be losing shit on the out. And you might be able to make a few phone calls and sort shit out for people. You get paid for that. You get percentage of whatever work they're doing at that stage. Do you know what I mean? Like, someone might want someone stabbed. Someone might want someone cut. Someone might want someone beaten up. You might get involved and get paid to stop it. Do you know what I mean? Or allow it to happen. Like, it's just... You, you, you sort of quadruple your money in drugs. So making money in drugs is simple in jail because now they it make money tenfold. The last time I was in jail, they were selling cannabis in jail for a hundred pound a gram. Like crazy over it. <laughs> so now I'm telling you, it's crazy over it. Like the, the amount of money people pay for drugs over it is unseen. I used to make it was 30 30 little packets out of one gram of product. And each packet of product gets you a tenner. But the whole gram only costs you 20 quid or 30 quid. Like, it's just crazy markups on money in there. So to survive in there, being violent, confrontational, and very aggressive, yeah, stands you in because the screws want to leave you alone, which are the officers. They leave you alone. The inmates who think they're hard leave you alone and you just get to be able to make money nicely and get through your bird. But you get moved around a lot. So you've always got to make sure you've got your shit banked and secreted. Amazing. I want to you you mentioned your, your older son uh, is angry at you and it really hurts you. It hurts you that he's that way. Um, I When we talked last time, you said that your mother had you thinking that your father did not love you. And yeah, but I'm, I know this, right? So my son's an educated boy. He's not stupid. He's actually making a choice, and I don't know why, because he's a grown man. He's 28 years of age. Do you know what I mean? Like a phone call. Hello. How are you? Like, like something. Do you understand that? Like, Although he might not see it, want to believe it or understand it, I've sacrificed so them kids can have a normal lifestyle. Right. Do you know what I mean? I've sacrificed so he is working every day now and he is able to pay his mortgage and he is able to survive on the street because I've made sure that he never went on my road. Do you know what I'm saying? So I made sure that was never an opportunity for him. Do you know what I'm saying? And he's been pushed and guided in the right way since he was born. Do you know what I mean? I, I've never wanted him to be on the road or be a criminal. He knows that. Do you know what I mean? He knows I'll do anything to support him. He knows I'll do anything to protect him. He knows I'm there the minute he picks up his phone. But, yeah, he don't want to communicate with me. When you ask him so, why he doesn't want to communicate, what did he say? He don't say nothing. He don't answer my calls, don't answer my messages, don't answer nothing. So, well, maybe someone told him growing up that you didn't love him. I know that. But the mad thing about it is, yeah, what I realised at my dad's funeral, with all my dad's friends from 20, 30 years, three, four decades of people telling me my life story, which made me realise my dad loved me. My son's getting it from his friends now. Your dad, your dad's helping me, bro. Come on, man. What's the matter with you? Like, come on, man. Speak to your dad. Oh, I know his friends are doing it. Cause I've asked a few of them, just ask him to give me a call. And he knows I'm involved in some of his friends' lives. He knows I assist a few of his friends. You know what I'm saying? He knows I'm about. 
but he chooses not to communicate with me. So I can't hold on to the reason or assumption of why. I've just got to accept it's because I was not the father that he dreamt, wished, or happily yeah. believed he needed in his life. And I've got to accept that and just wait for the time for him to just sort of snap out of it. Maybe he'll have to go through some own shit with his own son. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Do you like, I know what you mean. Sacrifice for his son? Like, I don't know. I don't know, but he's going to learn. If he doesn't want to communicate or engage with me, being the man I am, then he's going to learn another way. Yeah. And the other way can't be nice. <laughs> so yeah. I've got to be the better option, surely. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> That's right. I've so got to was... be the better option. Like, he can't learn another way. Like, it's crazy. And yeah, I understand. What was it like for you growing up thinking your father did not love you? Do you know what? It just made me angry. It made me angry, like, and I'm going to show him. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't need him. I mean, when I have my son, I'll give my son everything. My son won't want for nothing. Do you know what I mean? And that's exactly what I've done, but it was all wrong. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And you yeah. said last time, I believe, that your mother had you thinking that he didn't love you, right? Well, do you know what it is? It's just when you grow up, yeah, and like my dad wasn't an angel, right? Because my dad, I'm, I watched my dad beat my mum, right? And I see him beat her to the point where I've actually jumped in, I've got involved as a kid and been slapped away. Um, and my mum's fought back a couple of occasions. My mum even knocked my dad out once. Do you know what I'm saying? But I've seen him bust her eye, bust her mouth. I've, I've seen it. I've seen him be horrible. I've seen him be as nasty as he can. Uh, and I just got to a point where I just said to myself, he's never going to hurt any of us again. And if I've got to go to prison for the rest of my life, I'll do that. And if he says anything or does anything, I'll kill him. And that's what I just had in my head from 14 years of age, do you know what I'm saying? And that, because of that, that gave me a, a misplaced sort of judgment of everything. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's what made me go out into the world and do what I've done and become who I've become. Like. Amazing. And, and tell the folks how you found out that your father did love you. No, it was at his funeral. It was at his funeral, like. Obviously, I was looked at as, like, the kind of head of the family of the siblings and stuff. So yeah. I said, like, I'm going to get up and I don't give a fuck who's there. I'm going to let them know what kind of a dad he was, do you know what I'm saying? And in fairness, I think I'm going to spit on his coffin, do you know what I mean? And walk off. That was the kind of attitude I had when I turned up when I was going there. And then when I got there, the whole church was like rammed up people outside. And there was like people that I've known for years there. And I was like, they're like, what are you doing here? And I was like, it's my dad, isn't it? And I was like, shut up. <laughs> and then all, all, all morning, like, like everybody was just talking about how my dad spoke about me, like old age pensioners coming up to me, telling me things about when I got out of prison, what I'd done to get money, where I stacked it. Like they were telling me personal things that my dad spoke about. And he was just talking about it because my dad always told me that all, all my people were using me. 
And I've got to stop letting people use me and some they're doing this and some they're doing that. But I never believed him. And then when it all come out of the funeral and people were telling me what my dad used to say and do and I sort of realised then, do you know what I mean? And I couldn't get up and I couldn't say what I wanted to say. I'd sort of commended him and I said I was a bit sorry that I couldn't have been his son a lot sooner and that... Malicious minds and maps just prevented us from growing, you know, lies and deceit. And I sort of looked at my mum and I said, look, you know what, I can't hate her for that because she was just hurting at the time, but she ruined an opportunity for me not to go through or become the man I've become, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I understand why I've done everything now. And I understand now because of the therapy that I've gone through and the things I've worked on, that everything could have been prevented based on parenting. And that's why I do what I do now, because it's just how you communicate with these youngsters, you know. So did you forgive your mother for giving you that impression that your father didn't love you too? Yeah, listen. Like, I put myself in my mum's shoes, right? I put myself in my mum's shoes. Now, if my boyfriend, my baby father, come in my house and wave me in and beat me up, I'm not going to want my kids to want to hang about with him. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to do everything I can to upset him. You've upset me, you've busted my face, I can't even go out into the street without being embarrassed now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, the, like people forget sometimes, like, what the mothers go through, do you know what I mean? Like, my dad was a bad guy. My mum made some mistakes, but she was, like, she accepted going through hell because she loved someone. And this is the thing that I picked up on, yeah? In relationships, men are very reactive. And women, like, everyone's emotional, but men react a lot more to their emotions, where women fester on their emotions and plan. So, my dad was a bad guy and my mum reacted to a bad guy, basically, because my mum come from a decent family and she just went into the world exploring and got caught up in a world that she thought she could live in and work with and manipulate and she couldn't. Yeah. But my dad knew what he was doing because my dad had women everywhere. Do you know what I mean? Like, I've met most of my dad's girlfriends, like, all around the country. Do you know what I mean? Coventry, Liverpool, Manchester, <laughs> London. Like, and I've met them because I felt I needed to, do you know what I mean? To understand why. Do you know what I mean? Why they'd all accept it. Why would, why would it only be my mum not accepting what my dad done or what we went through? It's crazy. How many you know? children your father have? Pardon? How many children he has? Your um, father. I think there's 15 of us now. But there was 16 and one died. Oh, man. Amazing. And so, so you know all your brothers and sisters? You've met them all? No, only half of them. Oh, okay. And so um, your mother's still living? Yeah, my mom is, yeah. And how do you get along with her now? Yeah, fine, like, fine. 
Okay. When you were out there being bad, did you beat up on women the way your father did with your mother? No, 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 no. You know what? I actually don't mind being honest about that, yeah? But in all my relationships for 38 years, I think I've given um, a broken rib because I poked someone up the rib, right? And I believe me, I poked them up the rib and fractured the rib. And then I give someone a dead leg, two dead legs. <laughs> so a cracked rib and yeah. two dead legs. And that's the, 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 the violence I've given to females over the space of my life. Do you know what I mean? And the cracked rib was an accident because I poked her up the rib to say, I oh, don't mess about. And I poked her, and it just fractured her rib. But that was the only violence I've ever committed. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, like women, I don't, I don't. You don't need to beat women up. Do you know what I'm saying? You're like women, I, I, I get out of buzz out of them beating me up, and I say, "What are you doing? Like, come on! <laughs> like, I'll just walk out. Like, they scratch me up. I'll just put them on the floor and just walk out. Like, you don't need to beat women up. Do you know what I'm saying? Just manhandle them. Amazing. Come on. So how many, so you have five children. Are they by the same woman or different women? Two, two, two women. Two oh, women. oh, I see. And yeah. you're close to all of your other children except for this one. Am I right? Yeah, well, do you know what it is, yeah? Yeah. My eldest son is distant and we don't communicate. My eldest daughter speaks sporadically throughout the year. Um... The other son speaks to me whenever he chooses, and the two little ones speak to me pretty regular, apart from one. One of the younger ones, she doesn't, she hasn't spoken. She spoke to me last weekend. I took her out, and we spent a day with each other. But prior to that, she hadn't spoken to me for a year. Amazing. How old are the younger ones? Um, 13 and 14. Uh 13, 14, 22, 25, and 28. Wow. So let me ask, do you have peace now? You have perfect peace? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't even get stressed out over bills. Like, bills, like, come on. Like, I don't, I've got peace. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy. Right on. Are you a Christian? Do you know, right, now, I'll answer this honestly, right, because I'll just answer the same with everybody, right? And this is everybody in a religious sort of perspective. Right, right. 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 Uh, every religion, from my understanding, yeah, Christians, Catholics, um, Jews, Muslims, um, Christians, whatever, Buddhists, they all segregate themselves from each other. Yeah. So that goes against religion, <laughs> To my, in my, in my head's weird, but I just think, well, if you all separate each other, how are you practicing the word of God, really? So I just believe in God. I believe in the creator. I believe in positive, good energy, doing the right things and doing all I can as the best human being I am. Like, all I do is try to be the best human being I can. I eat the best food. I drink the best liquid. I train the best way. And I try and act and conduct myself implicitly, perfectly, in regards to being a benefit and selfless to others. That's what I try to do every day. 
if I can. Right on. So you, know? um, you are mixed race. I remember you telling me about it. I forgot what you were. What, what, what are you my mixed dad, with? My dad's from Barbados, so my mom's from Liverpool. Oh. And so do you believe that racism exists? Yeah, racism's just ignorance, isn't it? Like, come on. Like, when you look at religion on a whole species, colour, gender, right? Now, we are all human beings, right? Now, I've said it and I'll say it again because I've done the research, I've dug deep and I've actually come up with the results that are conclusive, right? So we are all on a human being spectrum. Now, everybody on that spectrum... If you go back seven grandfathers, if they're black, they'll be white. If they're white, they'll be black. And you'll see the transition, the, trans, the, the changeover in both families, whether they're white or black. So racism's ignorance because people don't even know where their own blood's from. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't get caught up in the racism thing because if you're acting, believing, and following and doing, then you're just as ignorant as the people that are calling people black bastards. Okay, sweet. <laughs> check out your seventh grandfather. Just check them out. Go and have a look at your family tree, mate. And come back and call me a nigger. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't get involved in it because I know it's ignorance. Um, take off the skin of every man, yeah, and no mother will be able to pick their son out. Yeah. So what does that say? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, come on. So you say your parent. So with your mother, is your mother black or? No, my mum's white. And your father was black. White. Yeah. Oh, I see. Listen. I've seen racism against black people. Black people against black people. Because yeah. they're from different parts of fucking Africa. Or like, come <laughs> on, man. It's 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 something that I think, yeah, it's just an excuse. Well, yeah, I know that racism does not exist. It's a, a battle between good and evil, right versus wrong. It's a spiritual battle. And you have some people who have returned to God, to the Father, and they are good now. And you have those who have not, and they are bad. So I just think it's good versus evil, right versus wrong. And you can find that in all in all people. That they have some people have love and others have no love. Yeah. I don't understand people that don't have love though. I can't I can't get my head around that. <laughs> because they have not, they have not overcome anger. Let me ask yeah, you this because of time. Um, you put out a video reacting to George Floyd's situation. Tell the folk quickly, what did you think about that situation? Um, I can't even remember what I said about that situation, but looking back on it, uh, it's, a lot of things have happened since then. That it's, it's hard to make sense of that situation right now, yeah? But... What I do know is this, yeah, that that week there was other shootings in and around America that was worse than George Floyd's shootings that they never publicised or even mentioned. Like, yeah. So I don't like having opinions based on stuff that I can't really rubber stamp as reality or facts. Like it's just it's it's just a crazy scenario, yeah. Yeah. Uh, in England, right, from like, from my perspective, in England, right, they've put out all this media stuff that all the police officers and they've named them, photographed them, and then showed them to be actors 
Like, it's crazy. Like, all the stuff that they put out over here, they say them police officers are not real police officers and everything was made up and fake. It's kind of hard to make sense of the reality of that one. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that's the messed up thing about society now. You know, everyone believes what they read and see. Yeah. That's why I don't get involved in it. I'll just stay focused on what it is I'm doing because I know eventually the tide will turn, mate. And that's right. If I sit here worrying about what he's doing and what he's doing, I'm not going to be able to do what's in front of us. You know, so... Uh, have you ever been it, to America? I'm waiting to come, Jess. Get me over there, son. Get me over. <laughs> It'll be yeah, fun to meet you in person, man. Uh, listen, I need someone to sponsor me to come over there and I can come. I don't think... Like, the last couple of times... Like, and I'll be honest with you, I've, I've applied to come... Well, I haven't applied. I've bought a ticket and I've gone to come to America and then got told I've got to go into the embassy. Oh. So I just cancelled the, the, the tickets. Yeah. <laughs> I never bothered. So I don't know if I've been able to get into America, Jess, but if you want to do the formal in like due diligence, I'll be happy to come and sit in person, brother. Oh, I hope okay. that's possible. Let me ask, do you know who the great white hope is? Um, you ever heard it, of the great white hope? Over here, it was Tommy Morrison, wasn't it? <laughs> Over here is... From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. That's the great white hope, Donald Trump. What's your impression of Donald Trump? Do you know what? I can't... <laughs> Uh, Donald Trump's a businessman, right? And an unscrupulous businessman. And I don't know how he made it to be the president, but he did, and apparently he done all right for the financial infrastructure. He was amazing. And and they took him out for some reason. So I haven't heard anyone say anything really that bad about him, apart from the criminal justice bills and things like that he's put in place and no criminals coming to the country and all that sort of the Mexican wall, but the actual infrastructure of the financial revenue streams being created for America, I believe they've done amazing things because yeah. I've learned a little bit about business and I keep an eye on stocks and shares and he he, he made some great deals. Yeah. You know? Yeah, he was amazing for this country, man. And for and the world, the really. So what is a man? What is a man? A man is a being that doesn't get angry, that's there to support, that can guide, advise, and just all relied upon. They're honest. They don't lie, cheat, or violate. Amazing. Um, a, man's, a man's everything I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to become. You know, <laughs> it's crazy because... I've actually met a couple of men on my journey that are actually so financially secure and they don't get angry. They just never get angry. Like, this guy lost £200 million a couple of years ago, yeah? And he was cool like a cucumber like, because of the markets and stuff. And he lost his money. And I was like, what? I'll be fuming. And he said, no, no, no. And he explained it all to me. And he went, blah, 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 blah. And I just 
calm like and the way he deals with his life the way he conducts himself the way he treats people you know like I'm learning a hell of a lot from this guy. Right on. Right on. He's a great mentor, man. He he does. He's an amazing human being. And I'm learning a lot of his traits right now, you know, and it's amazing. So do you have anger? Pardon? Do you have anger? Yeah. Come on, Jess. (laughs) Listen, what I say to me, right, look, look. You'll never get rid of that, ever. And why do you think that? It's just repetition, right? So it's just programming, right? So what I've learned to do, okay, is not react, right? So I get these feelings, but I just won't react to them. Like, they're not important. Amazing. I can honestly tell you that I have no anger. Yeah. I I overcame anger 32 years ago when I forgave my parents. And God took it away from me, took that spirit of anger away, and he gave me perfect love. And 32 years gone by, I have no anger. I've gone through a lot, but it's not in me. Maybe that's why I've met you then, because you know what? I don't know. It's mad. Because it's just a spirit that made a home in you when you were a kid, when you were going through all that mess. And once you realize your parents couldn't help themselves and you forgive them, God will forgive you. And he'll take the spirit of anger out of you. I'm not angry with my parents. Right. I said once you forgive them, he'll take that away from you. Who are you angry at now? So what it is, is it's, it's just learning to manage communicating and interacting with people. Because... It's being so dominant and demanding for so long, you're just sort of, you're so used to getting things your own way because as a criminal, there's no real communications. Yeah. You're either doing, yeah, or you're giving. Right. And it's simple. So you either, where's my money, or there's your gear. There's the thing, there's your money. Where's the thing? Why is it late? Why is it short? There's no real, as your mum, as your dad, what you up to, as things. Like, it's just... Commands. So once you're used to commanding everything for your whole entire life and you come into an environment where you've actually got to have a conversation with someone, like what I make fun of now, yeah, and I'll go out with my mates, yeah, some of my old friends, and I'll go out and I'll say, I watch this. And they go, what's that? I say, excuse me, sir, um, do you mind if I ask what you do for a living? <laughs> and my mates get all embarrassed. They go, what are you doing that for? I say, it's a normal question, bro. What's the matter with you? Yeah. Like, no, you can't be asking people like that because you can't be doing it. But as a criminal, that's a question you can't ask someone, right? But everyday people, you've got to ask that question. Yeah, right. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Otherwise, you're not going to be networking. You're not going to be growing. So it's just a standard, oh, how, how are you? What do you, what do, you do? Like, come on. Like, it's normal. Amazing. I'll prove a point to all my mates now. But I say, do you know how normal that is? And I say, watch, let's go out. And then I'll, start, I'll do it. And they go, right, well, I never even realised. I never even realised. You know, but... So, um, because of time, we run out of time here. Let me ask, in short, who is who is and what is God to you? How do you see God? God is unseen, unsmelling, unfeeling. He's just—I don't know, man. He's just a 
it's hard to explain what God is in it. It's just a force. A force of righteousness. You know what it's it's like definite purpose. The human being tries not to be a human being. It's weird. But if we done everything we're supposed to do, what God intended would be living perfectly. That's yeah. the irony. So God is just the conscious level spirit field of life. You know, God is the all created has just said do this. We got free will. We got free will. And if I'm being honest, yes, I think it reverts to um, Genesis 6. Right? And it starts from there. And we was just the, the species that just was frowned upon, but not accepted. And we, we was just got free will and now we've messed it all up. Amazing. And I think good, good people are trying to make it right. And the people that are just trying to be free-spirited and free-willed and making all the mistakes. Amazing. So, Marvin, because I'm tired, I got to put you on the hot seat. I got to heat this up, and I need you to answer these questions as quickly as possible. Okay. The hot seat. Should transgenders be allowed in women's sport? Yeah, why not? <laughs> no, is you can't really... Look, I don't judge anybody. Like, so if you want to do something, do it. Yeah. It's, it's, to me, I'm not, I, I don't care what people do. Like, true true or false. True or false. Black people are always late. The ones that I know. Yeah. <laughs> do you support yeah. the Prime Minister, Boyce Johnson? No. Do you do you trust Anthony Fauci or Fauci? I don't trust anybody. Uh, uh, are we living in the end times? We're living in the crazy times. I love that, and it could be perceived as the end times if you go back through biblical scriptures. It's all early signs. Have you ever visited Mommy Africa? I've been to Africa, but not into the deep jungle type. Parts of Africa. How much longer will Prince Harris and Meghan be together? I don't know, man. It's just whether or not they survive, whether they're going to be together. It's who dies or who, if they both die or one dies. What? Well, that's the bet, really. Do you love the Great White Hope? Who? Donald Trump, man. Well, do you know what he's, I can't say I love him, but I understand him and I understand his work <laughs> ethic and what he does. And I sort of condone him as a person, really. Are you a feminist? I'm not anything. I'm just... <laughs> I'm, if, if women hate men, that's their choice. Is it you know okay I mean? to... I, 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 like, if, if, put this way, if I was in the room with feminists, right, I'd try to do everything... For them to like me, if that's, I don't know what that means. I am. Do you know what I mean? I'll be like, I'll be whatever. Is it okay to be a black supremacist? I don't know what a supremacist is. Um, people who think that they're better than others. Do I think it's right? Yeah. I don't think it's right for anyone to think like that, whether it's black, white, Chinese, Jewish, or whatever. Um, amazing. 
let me ask you, last one, do you love white people? Look, I love people, yeah? Now, I've been stabbed, I've been shot, I've been beaten, I've been abused by every colour on the planet, my brother. Do you know what I mean? So, it's I don't hate anybody. I just dislike people, behaviour and conduct that I come around and I choose not to be around them or not to be around them. And that's it. So, I don't hate people because that holds me back. That's right. You know I mean? like, Did just, you have fun? Always. Always. <laughs> thank you, man. I know that you have, thank you for taking the hot seat on. I know that you have an organization where you're mentoring, training, and a community, community engagement. Tell the folks about that real fast and how they can help you, how they can get in contact with you. Well, the, all my contacts are on the social media platforms. Herbert.Marvin is my Instagram. Marvin Herbert on YouTube. Um, Marvin at themarvinherbert.com is my email for the Marvin Herbert Limited. And basically, what I do is I share my life and my experiences with all the youngsters that are going down the road where they think crime is going to pay or crime is going to benefit them in any way, shape or form. And I show them, enlighten them and prove to them beyond a shadow of a doubt that going down that road is not worth it and you'd be better off getting an education. Yeah. Whatever it is they want to do, whether it's in music, football, boxing, media, or roofing or scaffolding, I've got training and employment. Right so, And we're global with all the organisations we work with. We're MTK with the boxing. We're um, Watford and Global Football Academy with the football. I mean, we're Charlie Slough with the music. He helps a lot with the youngsters, you know, Um and the social media and TV is Miles Jovin. So everything we're doing is to help create a platform for like-minded kids as myself, entrepreneurs who want to go into life becoming successful and not wasting it, yeah. being a runner, a drug dealer, or someone that doesn't want to spend two years on themselves. Right on. Marvin Herbert, it's good. Thank you so much for coming on, man. I totally enjoyed it. And hopefully one day we can meet in person. Yeah, I love that. Yes, man. I love that. I love that. Thank you, man. All right, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to like, ring the bell, subscribe, check out the merch. And also we're on Patreon. The Father State is on Patreon. So click on the uh, Patreon link in the description to support what we're doing. I absolutely appreciate it. Let me hear from you. And thank you again for tuning in. Thank you, Marvin. You have a great evening, son. I'll speak to you soon. You too, buddy. Thanks. Next time on The Fallen State. This is one of my goals in life to come on here. Amazing. You released this amazing song called Let's Go, Brandon. Did you ever make it out of that town with nothing ever mattered? Nobody beat Adele. Seek first the kingdom of God. Wow. Spotify and SoundCloud banned my song Safe Space. YouTube has banned the song Let's Go, Brandon. They also banned my song about hydroxychloroquine. I got banned on Twitch. Instagram banned my first account. Bandcamp banned my entire account. <laughs> what the? Because they're pushing that LGBT stuff on black people. 
heavy now. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. Have you noticed the attack upon white people today? Oh, yeah. Kyle Rittenhouse. I like when Trump defied what the media I like when he talk about illegal immigration. I didn't, I don't vote for Fox. You just refuse to wear the mask? I'm not pinned it on. Like, not even five minutes. The one thing I actually want to promote is I got to find it. I'm never prepared. He black. But, uh. <laughs> he black. <laughs> Thanks for watching The Father's State. Don't forget to like, follow, subscribe. Support my nonprofit at rebuildingdemand.com and tell everybody and their mama about the show. <laughs>